Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Good evening, dear followers. This is your host, Connie. Thank you for tuning in. Our guest for today is the lovely Dr. Benjamin Smith. Benjamin, thanks for joining us. Glad to meet you, Connie, and thanks for your kind invitation. In our last program, we delved into the intricacies of genes that govern early kidney development. In general, kidney growth and patterning can be influenced by a multitude of genes. Among these, we highlighted those responsible for defining the nephrogenic field. Particularly noteworthy are two transcription factors from the Pax family, Pax2 and Pax8, along with the homeobox gene LIM1. Additionally, we explored genes that come into play during metanephric induction. Alongside the Pax genes, IO1 and WT1 were identified as pivotal players in metanephric mesenchyme development. Today, our focus shifts to understanding the establishment of various cell lineages within the embryonic kidney. So, could you tell us about these different cell lineages? Certainly. It appears that there are at least two cell lineages established as the ureteric bud invades. These lineages are the metanephric mesenchyme and the ureteric bud epithelia. As branching morphogenesis progresses and mesenchyme induction unfolds, additional cell lineages become evident. These include endothelial, stromal, epithelial, and mesangial cells. However, it's still unclear whether these cell types share a common precursor or if the metanephric mesenchyme comprises a mixed population of precursors. The endothelial lineage, in particular, may have a different origin. I see. Given the complexity of the metanephros and its various cell lineages, what's the significance of this diversity? Transplantation studies with lineage markers have shown that the vasculature can be derived from embryonic day 11.5 metanephric kidneys. However, shortly after invasion, FLK1-positive endothelial precursors appear closely related to the ureteric bud epithelium and may not originate from the metanephric mesenchyme. In contrast, the stromal and epithelial lineages likely share a common origin within the metanephric mesenchyme. The maintenance of these two lineages is pivotal for kidney development, as the ratio of stroma to epithelia plays a critical role in mesenchymal renewal and sustaining the induction of new nephrons. Thank you for clarifying. As the induced mesenchyme plays a central role, could you explain the early events occurring within it? Certainly. Initially, PAX2 positive cells aggregate at the tips of the ureteric buds in response to inductive signals. Within these early aggregates, the activation of the WNT4 gene likely plays a crucial role in promoting polarization. WNT genes encode a family of secreted peptides known to influence the development of various tissues. Studies in mice with homozygous WNT4 mutations have shown renal hypoplasia, characterized by growth arrest shortly after ureteric bud branching. Although some mesenchymal aggregation occurs, no cells seem to differentiate into polarized epithelial vesicles. While Pax2 expression persists, but at a reduced level, WNT4 may act as a secondary inductive signal in the mesenchyme, 
It propagates or maintains the primary induction response within the epithelial lineage. I understand better now. Could you tell us about the second event? Of course. In uninduced mesenchyme, the transcription factor FOXD1 is expressed. After induction, FOXD1 becomes restricted to cells not undergoing epithelial conversion. It is mainly expressed around the kidney and within the interstitial mesenchyme, or stroma. Importantly, there is minimal overlap between the expression domains of FOXD1 and PAX2 following induction. The expression pattern of FOXD1 is primarily observed in condensing pretubular aggregates. Mesenchyme cells may already be partitioned before or shortly after induction, with some being FOXD1 positive stromal precursors and others PAX2 positive epithelial precursors. This interpretation aligns with their expression patterns. However, a clear lineage analysis is still pending. Notably, FOXD1 mutant mice exhibit severe developmental defects in the kidney, emphasizing the critical role of FOXD1 in maintaining growth and structure. Can you provide more details about the essential role of FOXD1? Absolutely. FOXD1 mutations do not affect the initial growth and branching of ureteric buds. The formation of the first mesenchymal aggregates is also unaltered. However, these early aggregates exhibit delayed differentiation into comma and S-shaped bodies compared to wild-type counterparts at later stages. Consequently, ureteric bud branching is significantly reduced. This, in turn, leads to fewer new mesenchymal aggregates forming. The fate of these initial aggregates remains uncertain, as some are capable of epithelialization and express early markers such as PAX2, WN4, and WT1. Notably, FOXD1 expressing stromal lineage cells likely play a pivotal role in maintaining the growth of the ureteric bud epithelium and mesenchymal aggregates. Stromal secreted factors may provide survival or proliferation signals for epithelial precursor cells. Without these cues, non-self-renewing mesenchyme populations may become depleted. You've clarified that quite well. As far as I'm aware, there have been some survival factors identified for the mesenchyme. Could you please mention one or two? Certainly. There are two crucial factors. The secreted transforming growth factor beta family member BMP7 and fibroblast growth factor 2, commonly known as FGF2. Combining these two factors significantly enhances the survival of uninduced metanephric mesenchyme in vitro. FGF2 is essential for maintaining the mesenchyme's ability to respond to inductive signals in vitro. BMP7 alone inhibits apoptosis, but is insufficient for mesenchyme to undergo tubulogenesis at a later stage. Following induction, the addition of exogenous FGF2 and BMP7 reduces the proportion of mesenchyme undergoing tubulogenesis, while increasing the number of FOXD1-positive stromal cells. A delicate balance exists between self-renewing stromal and epithelial progenitor populations, at least post-induction. This balance must be finely regulated by autocrine and paracrine factors. Thank you. So, it appears that the stroma plays a role in regulating renal development. Are there other research areas that emphasize this role? 
Yes, studies involving retinoic acid receptors further underscore the stroma's importance in regulating renal development. Substantial evidence indicates that vitamin A deficiency can lead to severe renal defects. In organ culture, retinoic acid stimulates the expression of the transmembrane tyrosine kinase RET, resulting in a significant increase in both ureteric bud branch points and nephrons. However, stromal cell populations express retinoic acid receptors, particularly RAR and RAR2. Single gene deletions of either RAR or RAR2 in mice do not lead to overt renal defects. Yet, double homozygous mutants of RAR and RAR2 exhibit severe kidney growth retardation due to reduced RET protein expression in ureteric bud epithelia and limited branching morphogenesis. Remarkably, overexpression of RET can fully rescue the double RAR mutants indicating that stromal cells provide paracrine signals for maintaining RET expression in ureteric bud epithelia. Additionally, retinoids are essential for stromal cell proliferation. Excellent. You initially mentioned that the metnephros contains precursors for endothelial and mesangial cells. To which kidney structure are they closely related? They are closely associated with a unique kidney structure known as the glomerulus. The glomerulus serves to retain large macromolecules within the circulating bloodstream while allowing rapid diffusion of ions and small molecules into the urinary space. For major cell types compose the glomerulus, endothelial cells of the microvasculature, mesangial cells, podocyte cells of the visceral epithelium, and the parietal epithelium. What are the characteristics and functions of these cells? The podocyte is a highly specialized epithelial cell responsible for maintaining the glomerulus's filtration barrier. The endothelial cells of the capillary tufts are separated from the urinary space by the glomerular basement membrane. On the exterior side of the glomerular basement membrane, podocyte cells and their interdigitated foot processes cover it. These interdigitations meet at the basement membrane to form the slit diaphragm, a highly specialized cell-cell junction. The slit diaphragm has a specific pore size that allows the passage of small molecules across the filtration barrier into the urinary space while retaining larger proteins within the bloodstream. I understand now. What is the source of podocytes and what factors control their differentiation? Podocytes originate from the condensing metanephric mesenchyme and can be identified with specific markers at the S-shaped body stage. While several genes are expressed in podocytes, only a few factors are known to regulate their differentiation. One of these factors is the WT1 gene. WT1 is crucial for the survival of metanephric mesenchyme, but its expression increases in podocyte precursors at the S-shaped body stage. Complete WT1 null mice lack kidneys, but specific podocyte defects result from reduced WT1 gene dosage and expression. This indicates that WT1 must be expressed at high levels in podocytes to make them more sensitive to gene dosage. Additionally, at later developmental stages, the basic helix loop helix protein POD1 is expressed exclusively in podocytes. In mice with homozygous POD1 null alleles, podocyte development appears arrested, as these podocytes remain columnar and cannot fully develop food processes. You've explained it clearly. 
How about the origin of the endothelium within the glomerular tuft? The glomerular cleft forms at the proximal part of the S-shaped body during its development, farthest from the ureteric bud epithelium. The initial vascularization of the developing kidney occurs in this tuft. The origin of these invading endothelial cells has been studied in detail. Under normal growth conditions, kidneys excised at the time of induction and cultured in vitro show no vascularization. This suggests that endothelial cells may migrate to the kidney after induction. However, hypoxia promotes the survival or differentiation of endothelial precursors in these cultures. This suggests that endothelial precursors are already present and require stimulation for growth and differentiation. So, the embryonic day 11.5 kidney rudiment has the potential to generate endothelial cells, as demonstrated in in vivo transplantation experiments using laxi-expressing donors or hosts. Are these endothelial cells derived from the metanephric mesenchyme? Interestingly, endothelial cells are derived independently of the metanephric mesenchyme. Presumptive angioblasts, marked by the lax knocking allele for the endothelial-specific receptor FLK1, disperse along the periphery of the embryonic day 12 kidney mesenchyme. Some of these positive cells invade the mesenchyme along the growing ureteric bud. At later stages, FLK1-positive angioblasts are localized in the nephrogenic zone, developing glomerular cleft of the S-shaped bodies and more mature capillary loops vascular endothelial growth factor is also involved in this process. VEGF localizes to the parietal and visceral glomerular epithelium, and blocking VEGF disrupts vascular growth and glomerular architecture during nephrogenesis. These findings suggest that endothelial cells invade the developing kidney from the periphery and along the ureteric bud. Where can we find mesangial cells, and what are their characteristics? Mesangial cells are situated between the capillary loops of the glomerular tuft and are often considered specialized parasites. They share similarities with smooth muscle cells, particularly their contractile abilities. Notably, the platelet-derived growth factor receptor and its ligand, platelet-derived growth factor, play a significant role in the development of mesangial cells. Mice with PDGF or PDGFR deficiency exhibit a complete absence of mesangial cells, resulting in glomerular defects, including a lack of microvasculature in the tuft. In the glomerular tuft, PDGF is expressed in developing endothelial cells, while PDGFR is expressed in the presumptive precursors of mesangial cells. Additionally, the expression of PDGFR and smooth muscle actin supports the idea that mesangial cells may originate from the smooth muscle of afferent and efferent arterioles during glomerular maturation. Your patience and insightful sharing have been much appreciated. This concludes our discussion on the establishment of additional cell lineages during kidney development. We've covered the topics of cell lineages and stem cells in the embryonic kidney thoroughly. You've been an excellent follower of science. We'll conclude here, and I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you very much. The same goes for you.